Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. We are live in the Asia Tech Podcast studio. Graham Brown and Robin Tan. Robin, welcome. Hi. Hi, Graham. It's good to have you here. Robin, the founder of Cloud Zen. We're going to talk about what Cloud Zen is all about, what the problem is that you're solving, and also being an entrepreneur in Singapore. So I'm always curious about that because being an entrepreneur in Singapore means that you've had an interesting journey. Sometimes it's not as easy being an entrepreneur in Singapore as it is in another place in the world because there's, there's so many successful alternatives to being an entrepreneur here. You can go and work for a bank, you can go and work as a doctor, etc., etc. So anyway, we've got a lot to cover today. Maybe, Robin, we can start at the top and talk about what Cloud Zen is. Let's put that on the table so listeners and viewers can understand. What is it? Okay, Cloud Zen um, is basically a streaming platform for games. If I say it in three words, it's Netflix for games. Right. You can play games with no downloads on your mobile, mm -hmm. totally by streaming. I like it. I'm not sure if people understand that. <laughs> I, I, well, I've got a 12-year-old um, son. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, a couple of things. Firstly, he spends a lot of time streaming yes. like on YouTube with his mates, yes. like on um, Minecraft. So they all get together and they'll stream live. And uh, he also likes watching Twitch, yes, which is a huge streaming platform yes. for live games as well. So demographically, I mean, who are we talking about for your product? Is it a wide range? Because, I mean, maybe the media only knows about kids playing games, but I'm sure it's a lot more than that. Well, actually, the people playing games are not the kids so much. as more of the young adults, probably in their 30s. Mm -hmm. Now they have the spending power and, you know, they don't have a lot of time. So I think that's the way our demographics start. Right. Is, you know. Okay. So how did you get into that? Is your background in gaming? Uh, yes, I've been doing gaming for 20 years. You've been doing gaming for 20 years yeah. as... As a professional developer. Developer of games. If you look at white, white hair, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's, it's not fake. <laughs> so you, let me, let's go back. So 1998. 98, yeah. yeah. I graduated in 97. Yeah. Yeah. And you started programming? Started programming. Were, were you programming for yourself or did you work for somebody else? I worked for somebody else. Right. Yeah, As a developer? Yes. And what sort of platforms were you developing on back then? Then it was C++. And oh, okay. But it was gaming. But those days are very early stages. We had to yeah. build our own technology. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, say, for Windows games? or Yes. Right. So what sort of games were you developing? Oh, we were doing the... Well, Secret, I can't say much, but I didn't... Uh, I was working in Creative Labs, actually. Oh, okay. So they were based here in Singapore, Creative yes. Labs, right? Okay. Yeah. So we were doing some of their 3D visualization. Yeah. There, there was a first 3D music player that would dance to the music. Uh -huh. I was part of the, the team who did that. Right. Yeah. Was that sort of groundbreaking at the time? Yeah, it was. In fact, if you could render a 3D character on the screen, well... Venture capitalists will train you money. Right. <laughs> this is 1998, right? I yes. mean, that, sort of go way back, 1998, in terms of 3D gaming, like Doom and all that sort of Duke Nukem type. Yes. Was that sort of about that era? You know, when yes. it was those first-person shooter games, the real first ones. Yeah, they were very primitive then compared to what it was now. Yeah. But it was like the technology then wasn't matured, so it was a lot R&D effort to get something rendered yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how many people would they have in a team doing that? The company was 80 people. Right. Yeah. All doing 3D? Yeah. So um, that's where you started. Were yeah. you always a developer of games for the last 20 years? Were you yeah. actually a gamer yourself? Uh, was, I would say. Right. Yeah. You have to 
love to play games to be in the game industry. Right, I don't know. So yeah, you have to. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's a passion. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you doing? I mean, what did you? What were you playing back then in 1998? Starcraft. Oh, Starcraft. That's still going. Yeah. I mean, I nearly failed uni because of that. But <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But we're still playing that. That That's, I mean, for those who don't know, that's a game which I, I'm not quite, I haven't sort of got it. So here's the thing, Robin, is that, you know, all these games like um, uh, World of Warcraft and yeah. all that, that have been sort of more recent. Yes. And um, it, there's been sort of a whole sort of series of those kind of games that come out. I've sort of looked at them and thought they look really interesting, but I know if I play them, that's ten thousand hours of my life. Yes, gone. That's true. Is that true? That's true. <laughs> so I was right not to go in. I, it's like I know if I go in, I'm all in. Yes. Oh, that's it. I'm committed now. So yeah, it was the right decision. Yeah, it was the right decision. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, so you are a gaming these days. Are you still playing StarCraft? No, no. Where, where are you at now? I mean, the the what you say that if the chef doesn't eat his own food, right? Once All you start right. doing developing well, you games, go. you don't enjoy playing games so much. Yeah, you start analyzing them. You know, like, hey, how did they do that? You know, or yeah, that's cool. Or how can I improve? Yeah, it totally takes the fun out of it. Right. Yeah. So what what is what kind of games do you still find interesting now? Um, I <clears throat> see. I I find um like dissecting games may be more fun than playing them now right i think it's like pushing the limits we look, we look at every every game actually if you realize they're pushing technology or in the film or everything we're always innovating techniques yeah to make more you know better experience so right yeah it's very cool to see that hey you know i couldn't do this how did they make this possible and some of the tricks or techniques they use so what would surprise me now mm. having probably not played i mean my last sort of real hardcore gaming stint was going back to like Command and Conquer. Oh, wow. that's old school. Yeah, it is old school. But I think, oh, oh no, like Age of Empires and stuff like that. I was uh, into all those oh. kind of, you know, like control yes. armies and yeah, so take yeah, over the yeah, world. Dictator. Yeah, yeah, the dictator in <laughs> at heart probably. Yeah. So I loved all those games, but yeah. then I sort of, you know, okay, that was enough. Yeah. I didn't. I realized it was a lot of my time. Yes. That's obviously a long time ago. We're talking more than ten years ago. Yeah. What would be now what would surprise me if i got back into games well there's still age of empires <laughs> there's still <laughs> civilization six so oh yeah okay yeah, it's more realistic and you know yeah yeah you probably still suck you in right okay that's what, that's what i'm worried about Robbie. yeah it does yeah but i'm just worried about you saying they're pushing the boundaries how are they pushing the boundaries technologically um what i see um like i said for my case mm. in, in streaming is basically um on mobile games they're very simplistic if mm. you look at you can play angry birds although the although the games are getting bigger and higher quality but you need a very powerful phone mm. i mean you look at iphones are costing over a thousand dollars right it's, yeah, it's exactly. really ridiculous whereas now the whole future where i think is going is uh the, the flexible phones that you can ban the thin paper phones mm. now they have less processing power everything can be done at cloud so everything can be streamed that's, right. that's the beauty of it i think um it's like a dumb client almost, yeah it's a it? dumb client and you think about it you know all your phones are exploding you know even <laughs> iphones <laughs> you, you look online yeah do you really want to put more gpus and cpus in your phone it's mm. not really wise are you put it in your pocket <laughs> wow <laughs> so better don't do that yeah. so you are you building around a future where the terminals the the phones are getting less powerful yes okay that's so that's what that's you think my, that's my prediction right okay yeah. so what does that mean for games i think it's totally what you call god games on demand uh-huh 
totally like so all the processing power is taken off the phone almost yes. and in the cloud yes is that possible we've done it really all right okay so i'm not a, i'm not okay. a game developer yes. i can only look at it as a consumer right yeah so i would have thought and you know if i'm i'm using games i need like a powerful graphics card etc yeah. etc et all this can be done from the clock now right really mm. okay so what games work well in that situation where you have all done on the cloud and then delivered to the phone which is a low processing power phone actually um, the only games that don't do very well is games that needs a lot of buttons oh okay like civilization oh okay. damn yeah. <laughs> oh you can play it with a tablet though not with your small phone because uh -huh. you, you can't play it, you know your, my fingers are too fat i can't press 20 buttons on right, the phone, right, but yeah. if you're a tablet that's great <laughs> yeah so in technically anything you can run off a pc you can stream it that's the beautiful part nice yeah so with cloud zen yes. you develop games create games and you have a platform for games is that right yes Okay, so you're both a developer and a platform yes. creator. So maybe if we can have a look, Barrett, if we can just go and have a quick look at the, um, pull up the website. Let's just have a quick look at um, Cloud Zen. So uh, let's have a quick look at Cloud Zen Games. No, no, Cloudzen.tech. Yeah. yeah, is it Cloudzen.tech? Yeah. So we just talked through this. So um, I just ambushed Barrett. He didn't realize he was going to be doing this, but yeah. if we can just have a look at this. So we can have a look at just... Quickly, the games you develop first. If we were to look at products and services under Game Creator, you've got like three games there. You've got, was it Road Trigger? You've got really? Zombie Street. They put it up. <laughs> we actually, we have six. But. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, game pub so you've got Game Publisher as well. Okay, so yeah. I see on the side. Can we just have a look at Zombie Street a minute? Are they showing it? Mm. There you go. This is Zombie Street. This yeah. is you guys, right? Yeah, actually, the name is not really... No, no that's not not what we do we, we do a lot better than that but really yeah. this is your website yeah we actually quite secretive oh, okay we're quite stealth mode so we don't really <laughs> okay. show the stuff except to uh, all right okay parties. well there you go we've just discovered uh, but, you but I, have, I have a secret youtube that you can see everything oh we have a secret youtube yeah, yeah, all right yeah. okay we'll share that offline mm -hmm. okay so can we maybe go to have a look at the uh the platform side of things actually our platform is on another web page called okay. gamecloud.club okay let's have a look at that gamecloud.club dot club GameCloud.club. Yeah. Is this you? GameCloud, play everywhere. Yeah. Okay, let's get that up. All right, so this is your platform, your streaming platform, yeah. okay? Future of gaming right in your palms. Okay, Cloud Mobile Entertainment. Let's have a look through here. So what is different about this than anything else that's out there? Because I don't know what, what the capabilities of what out there is and uh, what okay. it can't do. So what exactly is this? Well, if you think you can play your console type of quality games, those are very big. In fact, like we, we got streaming like Star Wars Battlefront 2, mm -hmm. which is a 100 gig game on your mobile phone without downloads. Star Wars Battlefront? Yes. Like on the Xbox? Yes. Wow. I can show you offline later. Wow, yeah. yeah. So how does that work? Well, I mean, without going into too much technical details. Just well, I think the idea is you have the processing all on the cloud. They stream right. it as a video to you. Yeah, it's like interactive YouTube. Yeah, the only um, challenging part is you cannot have delay. If mm. you watch YouTube or if you watch soccer, even if it's live, it's not really live. You actually have a you know, yeah, yeah, five, like five to ten seconds delay. Exactly. You hear your neighbor say goal before you see the goal. That's right. But in games, you can't. You press the button, you must immediately respond. So I think that's where we did. We, right. we optimized the the latency to you can play it 
even on 4G. Well, how, how does that work on a 4G network? Because there must be latency now. Uh, that, that, that infects... That depends on location. Right, okay. I got a funny story when you hear it. Please, yeah. yeah so we, we were using Singtel, the 4G. Mm. Now when we went to the Singtel HQ to demo it, it was pretty bad. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they can't even... Well, the big office up here with yeah, the they Singtel can't, they can't even YouTube logo on it. Properly. But when I went to Starhub <laughs> building the demo, it works great. Why is that? Nobody in startup building is using Singtel. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was fantastic there. Right, Singtel, by the way, for those that don't know, it's the main operator in yes. Singapore, right? Yeah. Okay. Startup so is the main competitor. <laughs> yeah, they should know better, really. So th there's a big difference in latency there, is that? Is that, is that as a result of latency? That no, it's just because of congestion. Everybody's uh, <coughs> using okay. 4G, you're, you're, you're being kicked out and all this thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so can you get it to the kind of response times that you would expect on an Xbox? Uh, close to it. Yeah. I think when 5G comes, you'll get even better response. Right. You'll probably be native experience. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you think about it, that if you play Xbox and you play Starfront, Star Wars Battlefront, for example, yes. you can play multiplayer, can't you? Yes, you can. So in theory, that's, you know, you need, there's going to be latency delay on the network anyway, even yes. if that's across the fixed line, isn't it? Yes. You can imagine everybody playing at six o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night, kids come home from school. Yes. There's going to be latency, isn't there? So there's always problems in there. There's always problems. Like I said, the game developers is the one who makes sure you don't feel the latency. Yeah. If you think about quick, you know, 20 years ago, our internet was so bad, yeah. it was still playable. Yeah, exactly. It, there so you go. It, it, it's all up to the game side to how to, to adjust the certain things to make you feel, you don't feel the latency. So how do you make money out of streaming? Where's the business model there? Okay, we are not launched yet. We just finished the technology mm. after three secret years of R&D. <laughs> So mm. now we are talking to a lot of telcos to launch. Three years. Yes. Right. But you do, you, the point is you don't just have this. You also have your other sources of income, right? The no, publishing and creating. We never made money for three years. Right. Oh, we're starving. But you have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we raised some uh, investments. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. you, I mean, as a look at your website, you have the game publishing and the game. No, we, we didn't do games for three years. Right. Okay. Yeah. So for three years, you've been developing in. Secret. Secret. Yes. Without making any money, just yes. burning, burning through your investors' money. Yes. Right. And living on ramen. Living on ramen. <laughs> wow. So tell me about that. Where did you raise your money from originally? Uh, well, we raised it from a lot of angels. Mm. So um, through a fund. So then, um, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. How, how was that? Did you raise that money and then start the company? Or was it the other way around? No. Actually, I had a gaming company for about 15 years yeah so uh, we never raised money <coughs> we just did you know um, our stores also, also work to sustain yeah and then like three years ago then <coughs> we decided to do this platform we know that we need a lot more uh, capabilities to go in then we start raising the money but of course to raise the money first you always have to get prepared so we did one year of sort of like a, a proof of concept to try yeah. it out and see that show it works before we actually uh, manage to convince people to raise money. Mm. So you had a, a publisher before? No. What was it? Developer? You mean? Games, uh, before you started this platform? Oh, we, we have a game development company. Yeah. 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 So did you stop that to build this platform? Yes. Right. How was that for you? I mean, you were having a business which, I mean, if you were in game development no, no, I, I think like I said games we when we actually used to do consoles yeah like, like PCs of very big quality games when it came to mobile it's actually very painful for us 
Because I think we the mobile experience is very shallow. First thing, the games are very low quality. We have to like cut down design, cut down mm. a lot of techniques. And to, to the truth that most mobile games now are banking on uh, it's a little bit like gambling if you say so they just you know hooking you up and make annoy you with yeah to, to pay so i don't think that's a good indication of games how it should be is games should be entertaining like mm. you have the experience to to have fun you know and you you pay because you enjoy it not because you pay you're like being forced to like you know look at zinga unlock something yeah look at zinga you know people get fed up after yeah. a while we keep doing that same tactic to do that right. so is that why they failed do you think they well, um, well, if you talk design, they are doing this black hat uh, motivation or demotivation. Is to mm. f- like you can't do that too too long. People you know get sick of it, leave the game totally. So mm. yeah. What was the key then? What is the, I mean, if you you take the white hat approach, I think we have a little bit better. The white hat is to give them experience they haven't seen before, which is yeah. like when you go to the new movie, you say, like, "Wow, I didn't know they got this effect." You look at the recent like uh, Mission Impossible mm. how much Tom Cruise put efforts to try new stunts everything so I think every project in terms of entertainment should give you a new experience mm. that is wow yeah then that is successful I think do, do you view the game industry and what you do in the same similar terms to like the movie industry so there's been a lot of parallels hasn't there I, I think it's entertainment hmm. and people have choices you know I watch a movie or I play games and I think to us it's all about you know making people f- entertained yeah yeah, and of course hopefully educational as well yeah. Yeah. so how do you know they're entertained how do I know they're entertained yeah how, how do you get that feedback apart from spending money no I think um well, they stick around for the game for very long. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you, like when you're producing these games, you're playing these games as well, the games that you create, yes. do you interact with the gamers? Do you get feedback? Do you hang out with them? I just wonder how people actually know what gamers want and love. You talk about, you oh, know, okay. there's new experiences. Okay. There, there, there are a few ways. I think uh, if you look at the current mobile way, they do by analytics. Mm. means they actually track what button you press on this thing. Uh, I, we go back back a step deeper. There's actually formulas to do it. If you look at Hollywood, you know, there's actually a template for you to fill in the movies and the film, like change the characters, and there'll be a good show. Right. So I think in games, there's similar kind of formulas that is quite well defined. Uh-huh. Um, of course, not everybody knows secret? it. Are these secret? No, not really. I guess yeah. just a lot. You can study them. Right? You can study them. And then, you know, how do you motivate people? And how do you right. uh, encourage them to do certain things? And, you know, I guess there's a lot of experience in there to, to know. Um, so I, I, once you master that art, I think um, you have a good sense of what works and what doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So th- those formulas that you talk about, I mean, you know, if you were to go to Hollywood, they'd follow all these no, formats, right? No, they don't. Well, they don't? Yes, that's okay. the truth. That's why we have crappy movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. But even the crappy more. Okay, so what I'm thinking about is there's a... There, is a set storyline yes. in Hollywood which they follow and they've just populated with different actors and different themes and different well, content. To, to be true, I honestly thought they would, but not all of them follow it well. Right. I okay. mean, but there could be a lot of problems because sometimes production yeah. budget limits or certain things get cut or the actor Crap happens, actors, yeah. Something happens. So, like I said, when you watch a m- movie that's bad, no, we have to know the reason why is it bad. There's a lot of things behind the scenes we do not know. Yeah. So I guess Fair we can't blame it, you know. Yeah. From the from, from production side, we know things screwed up. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what, happened, well, so. what makes a good game, do you think, in the modern day, where there's so much competition? 
do you think people i mean there's a lot of th- you know people say like oh you know young people today they have like eight second attention span yeah so therefore the games have to give instant gratification and so on do you think there is a space for games which go deep go long form or do these games all have to be sort of very quick and easy entertainment something you can do like two minutes on the train no i think the beautiful part is no different people have different preferences you look at the like your son they like minecraft mm. minecraft has no graphics it looks just you know very pixel art and they love it i know that because my son loves it too right how <laughs> old is he seven yeah there you go that's the age they start almost isn't it five six seven yeah they so do. they're playing roblox they're playing minecraft. roblox here you go what, what, so what is it about these two games like roblox and minecraft where the the, the graphics are terrible, but it's almost like they're deliberately terrible. Yeah, they're not deliberately terrible. They, they don't focus on the graphics, right. they focus on the gameplay. Yeah, but if they wanted to focus on the graphics, they could, right? But they don't, right? Yeah, I guess, like I said, production time and limits. Yeah. So, so, like I said, I think they give let the players express a lot of creativity. Yes. That's the interesting part, and people like that. Because mm. uh, I, I imagine if you... With, I think I'll say you, but I mean us, if yeah. we looked at Roblox or Minecraft yeah. when they were launching, yeah. you probably thought that is never going to take off. That I mean, well, look at Minecraft. Microsoft, yes. Microsoft bought Minecraft. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, do, have you seen, is it Notch, the the, the Notch person, the, yeah. the guy who coded Minecraft? Have you seen his house? No. He's got like a, I saw some, uh, some YouTube video about yeah. his house. He yeah. bought a $90 million mansion. Yeah in Beverly Hills. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, I think he deserves it. He created right. something that Lego should have created. You, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. It Take Lego into the modern age. Yeah. So a lot, there's a lot of things that, you know, business never, I would mm. say, never do what they're supposed to do. If you say like, um, let's say Honda or Toyota, mm. they're making cars, they're supposed to be improving transportation. They probably should have the one come up with Uber. There you but go. They didn't. Yeah, because they're yeah. focused on making cars rather than improving yeah. transformation. So they didn't get the get the mission right. The mission it should be improving yeah. transportation. The same thing. In the, the well, so with yourself, what is that mission? Do you see it as entertainment rather than making games? Oh uh, yes, I think games is just part of the entertainment right. process. Like I said, we we draw from films, we draw from music, we draw from arts. Yeah. How, how does that mean you approach things differently to say? A developer who just thinks about making games what what sort of angles does that give you extra that they might not see okay um i mean a lot of developers i know are classified into other programmers yeah they're artists or well the term in designing is, is strange because in singapore designers actually mean artists hmm. so there are actually very little designers around and i think how i do a bit differently i study all sorts of art I, I study f- script writing, film, everything else, even mm. though I'm not actually producing or directing films. I know how they work, how, what are techniques they use, and it makes you a better developer. What did you learn from doing that? No, I mean, how, like I said, how the Hollywood have that, that yeah. formulas and all this stuff. And when I look at films also, I can see, oh, this guy is doing that, so that's why, you know, I enjoy it less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're critical. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, let, let's talk a little a little bit about your entrepreneurial career okay because we have to talk about that in the context of cloud zen and you know you said 20 years as a developer as well yeah. how, how many years of those 20 have you been running your own business 15 so 15 years yeah so for the last 15 years you've been running games related businesses yes 
In Singapore. Yes. Not the easiest place to do it. Yeah, I mean, I want to ask you about that. I mean, for a number of reasons. Obviously, yeah. being an entrepreneur in Singapore is, is a challenge as well. I mean, these days, it's very popular. It's now. called glorified now. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of government money out there. There's a lot of support. Yes. There's an ecosystem building. But 15 years ago, what was it like being an entrepreneur back in 2003? Well, the term wasn't entrepreneur then. There wasn't right. such a word. Self-employed. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the reason I, I quit is because I didn't find a company I like to join. So, right. Uh, yeah, so you had to become an entrepreneur. Uh, I wouldn't call it employed <laughs> entrepreneur then, but yes, right. we had to just do it. I mean, we started before even MDA was formed. Right, this is the development authority, yeah, right? So that was the early days. Yeah, okay. So 15 years, you've obviously started, I mean, started a business when it wasn't as fashionable as it is now. Yes. Um, 15 years into your career, do you still feel the love for being an entrepreneur like you did back in the day? Or do you sometimes, I mean, how, how is it for you now? Because it, it, the novelty's not there anymore, surely. Definitely. So uh, what keeps you motivated? I say it's a different thinking. Um, like I said, when we first started, it was, of course, I wanted to make my own games. Yeah. But the focus was also about money, like the focus on making money. So as I grow over the years, um, they understand, you know, the purpose of a business is not to make money is to help people solve problems. Right. Yeah, only by doing that, making money is the outcome of helping people solve problems. Right. So I think once you, you know, like you age over and get, gain wisdom, so yeah. you have philosophies that change. And I think um, a lot of entrepreneurs now, let's say, especially younger ones, they think money is the, is the main motivator. Right. It's not, it's, it's actually very difficult to build a business based on money, which mm. should be built on something you like, your passion. I think right. that's, that's what you like to do. Yeah, because I mean, I made this mistake also. Um, I, in the days of the Facebook craze and Zynga, I actually went to Silicon Valley to try to start a company there too. And um, my lawyer, uh, I was good friends with, he stayed next to Bill Gates. <laughs> he, we had dinner and he was telling me, I don't understand those Silicon Valley guys. Why are they making companies just to sell? Mm. What happened to doing things you love? And that was a very big hit on me because right. I was chasing to do those Zynga hard games which I didn't enjoy and I know that, you know, they make money, but right. not something So these I are really the, the games that were within Facebook, right? Yes. Like, like the apps that back in the day when there was a lot of... Very popular, makes yeah, a lot of money. But like I said, it wasn't something I enjoyed doing. You know, yeah. I was doing console games, bringing, bringing experience. These are experiences which, I mean, if you look at game developer, a lot of people hate those kind of games because they say that they're manipulative and all this stuff. Mm. But of course, they do make money and they're getting better now. But at least they don't used to be no manipulative like the past. But the truth is, that word hit me a lot. Why am I trying to be like Silicon Valley guy to make money to s companies to sell? Mm. Why not do what you love to do? Mm. Was that for you a wake up? Did that make you leave Silicon Valley? How did that change? Uh, not really. Like, I, I left because I, I couldn't take the food there. <laughs> There's no chili. <laughs> <laughs> no chili? Come yeah. on. Uh, no, There's chili, but I like, frequent the restaurant four times out of Four days out of seven, uh, seven days is very bad. You got bored. <laughs> yeah. There's only one Thai food there that has equivalent chili to Singapore. Right. So let me ask you, let me, let me um, challenge you. Is that yeah. is it a, a good place, Singapore, for a games developer or producer or publisher now? I would say um, it's just as challenging as it was then. Yeah. I think Singapore's problem is the talent is 
small compared to other countries. What do you mean by talent? It's like developers? Developer pool. Right. You know, if you're a developer, it's like, well, everybody's snatching for you. Right. For there's there's a very few developers and too many people chasing them, right? Yes. And I said the schools are not um, um, giving them enough. I think the, the education system and what the industry expects is still a gap. Yeah. So there are a lot of graduates but they can't meet the requirements of the company. So right. I think that's a real challenge. Not just Singapore, I say worldwide as well, I say. But Singapore being a small country has the biggest problem because if you go China, you know, 1% yeah. of population is... It's a lot of people. Yeah, it's not like Singapore. So how does it affect you when you're in Asia, for example, you're talking about talent. If we go to somewhere like Vietnam, mm-hmm. um, I believe, and you probably know better than me, is that Vietnam has quite a, big pool of developers yes and flappy bird i think came from vietnam Very right successful game yeah so does that mean is that advantage to you having those developers sort of in the t- same time zone can you use that talent from vietnam are they competition for you what does that mean for you oh um, i know a lot of friends who have set up companies in neighboring countries and yeah. operating costs um we do we did one but in china <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, in the sense that I would say it's competition because like I said the entertainment world is always big now in Singapore sense a lot of people view each companies you know like they're my competitor I won't share things with you but I have a different philosophy I think is when we share we make better things the market is always yeah. big enough you, you, you're not competing with Singapore you're competing with you know not just everybody's like, you, you, some people will like your product some people will hate your product you know, you, you just do what you do and what you love and do it well. I think mm. that's enough. Mm. And all of us is to entertain people. The better we do it and we share information, I think that's more important than uh, competition. Yeah, I believe. Mm. Uh, I don't think everybody has this mindset, though. That's the problem. I think that comes with age and we still yeah. have more white hair. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A few scars as well, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the company itself. So CloudZen, how many people? Um, ten. Ten. Based here in Singapore? No, uh, not everybody. Some in China. Okay. Yeah. Uh, developers in China? Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose in terms of cost, economically, it makes sense to have developers in China, right? Uh, China is more expensive than Singapore. Really? <laughs> yes. For developers? In Shanghai. Okay, tell us a little bit about that. What would you pay a Shanghai developer? Well, uh, well, I, I'll tell you, I interviewed a guy. Yeah. Um, he's about 28 years old, yeah. about eight years experience. He said Alibaba's offering half a million RMB per year. That's about $50,000. 60000 US dot no, US. No, more than that. That's about probably 100 plus US. US. Okay, yeah. Oh, 80, RMB, 80, so about 80, five to one. Yeah, yeah 80, that's about right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I can't pay that much. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Wow. Yeah. So, so they, those, those guys are being bought out of the market by the Alibabas and the JDs and yes. the Diddies and all these big cash rich. Just like if you go to Silicon Valley, Facebook, yes. Google, etc. I mean, how can you compete? They you can't. Yeah. So a lot of people, I say, go there either as entrepreneurs, yeah, or they just do a short time with a good startup, and then they they eventually right. go. But I guess that's the problem, not just um, in Singapore or China. I think it's a it's a worldwide thing. Developers, they are good, are very hard to find because most, from my experience. Mm. Uh, you either have very inexperienced developers or very experienced ones. There's very few in the middle ground. Mm. It means people with six years experience. It's very rare. Mm. And that's that's the that's the trend what I see. So with your team, are you growing at the moment? Are you recruiting? Yeah, we're recruiting. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for more developers? Are you looking for a particular? I think the, the main thing is the attitude. 
Right. Tell me about you it. C- you can teach skills, but you can't teach attitude. Now, um, I'll say, um, whatever you know now is outdated. Mm. You know, what you learn in school is outdated. Certainly. Yeah, you have to pick up new skills fast enough. And that's to me always, how can you learn fast enough rather than what you already know? Right. So what sort of attitude do you want to see from the people that reach out to you? Yeah, I, I like to see that they are able to learn things on their own. Mm. They, they like to, I mean, they are generally interested to learn, to improve their craft or their, their skill set. I think that's the main thing. Uh, I find that fairly lacking mostly in most people. I mean, probably 20% of people have that. Mm. Uh, you can't teach it either, can you? Yeah, I can't teach either. So it, the people who, who love to do what they do, they will go very far. Mm. Like I said, most people who don't do it, I'll say that, you know, you're probably in the wrong field anyway. You can work for eight years and then you feel that, you know, I'll be the switch career. Because I have a friend who did that. Um, my classmate, we, gen- we graduated from university together. Now, he took the computer science degree because his parents wanted him to. He didn't like it at all. He loved yeah, fashion. There's plenty of those. Yeah. So after 10 years, he graduated already. He still worked as a computer science thing, but he totally hated it. Hmm. And 10 years later, he finally asked me, should I follow my passion? I said, yes, of course. And he switched. No doubt. Yeah, he switched. You know, he studied. Um, he, he saved quite a lot of money so because IT was good paid mm, then mm. then he went to Paris you know, Italy and she studied uh, fashion design and oh, yeah. he's happier than ever yeah you can't buy that happiness yeah. he, although he may earn less than he was, uh, he was mm, doing mm. IT but he, he enjoyed what he does and I think that's the most important yeah. thing you enjoy every day rather than struggling a lot of entrepreneurs struggle yeah you know, if you're no struggling, <laughs> you can struggle. I mean, there's there's a good struggle, and yes. it's good to have some struggle and challenge. But I think if it's just not enjoyable, you're just constantly pushing uphill. Then you have to ask yourself, Am I really doing the right thing? I don't think being an entrepreneur is necessarily the wrong thing. Yes. But what you're applying your skills to, like you said, you know, maybe if you turn it in a different direction, that will pull you rather than constantly pushing. Yes. It's tiring. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting you you said about the people you're interested in hearing from, like those who are self-learners yes. in a way. And I interview people here for Asia Tech Podcast. And I'm always curious, like when I sit with people who have graduated, maybe two or three years experience, you know, recently in the job field, yeah. I always ask them, then what have you created outside of studies and yeah. you know, what somebody told you to do? You know, have you built something have you got involved in a project have you even set up a website have you made a video just basic stuff and i'm very surprised that a large percentage and it's not indicative of the education system here it's global a large percentage haven't done anything and they could be in their 20s and they have nothing to show for it and i think back you know like my 12 year old son like he's got a youtube channel with like 200 subscribers and wow you know know, i mean thinking it's not anything to do with experience yes it's just like, are you passionate about this? Yes. Do you get off your ass and do something? And I think if you work for a startup, that has to be the most important attitude that you bring through the door, isn't it? Because yes. I can't teach that. You can't teach that person. You have to it. be you know, interested in what a company is doing and you believe the thing and you enjoy doing it. So yeah. like I say, I'm, I'm not working for the past 15 years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Good for you, Robin. It's been fantastic. And by the way, let's talk a little bit before you go. And we haven't mentioned it. You're raising at the moment. You're fundraising. Uh, yes. What's your current situation? You you looking for seed funding? No, You've already had seed funding. We, we, your yes, Series A. Funding. Yeah, we're looking for, for Series A now. Series A. How much are you raising? Six. Six million. Yeah. US or Singapore? US. So six million US is about nine million Singapore. Eight and a half. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you're 
out there talking to investors already? Have you started the process? Uh, yeah, we start showing the platform to a few people. Okay. So some may be watching today. And yeah. the thing is, if you're fundraising, it yeah. never stops. So you raise your yes. series and you got to do the next one and so on. So for all of those potential investors down the line, what you, I guess you're not just looking for money. Money's great, but you're yeah. looking for something else as well. What is it that you're interested in? What do you want them to bring to your table? Okay, I think in terms of money, there's dumb money and smart money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, everybody prefers smart money. What's the smart money you want? What yeah. do you want it coming with? Well, I think it's like um, strategic partnerships we can mm. do. I think that's important because a lot of problems, um, I mean, for tech entrepreneurs, they focus on the tech and they think the tech will sell themselves. Mm. Uh, I have bad news. The tech is the easiest part of the job. <laughs> you know, getting the whole business developed together takes years of relationship to yeah. build and you have the right partners, you can do that easily. Even you look at Facebook, you look at Mark Zuckerberg, no, you can actually build your own Facebook now Yeah, for less than $1,000. You have ready turnkey solution. But how did Facebook become Facebook? Mm. It's not tech. You know, there's a lot of business, I think, relationship to grow it in that sense. So, I, I mean, most tech programmers I've seen, especially on Shark Tank or the kind of shows, they think their tech is the best. Yeah. Yes, you are. But, but it's not a business. Mm. There is always a business part you need to focus on. So, as I said, my, my strength is not in the business side. So, if my strategic investors come in to bring that in, then that's a yeah. perfect match. What would be those kind of relationships you're looking for are they within the entertainment industry or are they you know relationships in the infrastructure or distribution particularly i mean do you have any preferences no i think they they all have a part i say it's a big project we need many hands to clap yeah so, yeah we definitely look at people related that add value to the the whole, whole thing yeah excellent Robin Tan, everybody. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And thanks for coming and sharing your journey. It's inspiring. Oh, thank you. And uh, I hope that, you know, I wish you all success with your current raise and the ongoing raise, the yeah. endless raise, but building this platform as well. It sounds exciting. Thank you. What you're trying to achieve here. And you're obviously not, you know, you're, you're not somebody who's shy of a challenge, right? No, definitely. You, don't, you can't be. If you're exactly. an entrepreneur, you can't be shy. Exactly, you can't be shy. And for those people as well, I mean, whether they're potential investors, potential partners, or potential team members, those that are listening or watching may have seen this, listen to this, and think, okay, I want to be in touch. You know, I want to reach out. For whatever reason, um, there's some amazing people out there that might be able to help you, or yeah. just, you know, maybe people coming through in your wake, yeah. seeing the trail that you're blazing and thinking, yeah, I want to do like Robin, right? How do, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, well, the, our website, the email there is always works, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can just email there at, um, you know, robin at cloudzen.tech. I tend to take one week to reply to emails because I'm flooded. <laughs> <laughs> so my next project will be, be AI email <laughs> box to answer emails. One thing at a time, Robin. Yeah. Excellent. There you go. We'll put all the details in the show notes. Mm, sure. Robin Town, everybody. Cloud Zen, thanks so much for coming to the show today. Thank you. Real privilege. And come back on in the future as well. We want to sure. hear Definitely. how things go with your current build and when you get things live as well. It'd be great to see six to 12 months down the road, you know, how that went. You know, what did you learn? How did things change? You know, how did you evolve the platform? And what sort of insights can you bring that you didn't know now, but you'll know as the journey unfolds? Definitely. Thanks a lot, Robin. Thank you. Thank you, Grams.